welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So turn to Galatians 5. Galatians chapter 5. And we do have communion tonight, so I won't be going very long because we want to wrap it up about 10 or so after with the message. So in Galatians 5, how many are agreeing with me that tonight we're going to hear exactly what we need to hear? In Jesus' name. Galatians 5, we're talking about love is the answer to so many questions, to so many people's prayers of wanting help from the Lord. Just growing in God's love toward us, awareness of His love for us, and growing in our love for other people fixes a ton of other problems in our life. I don't think a lot of people have seen the full connection between increasing in love and a much better life. And so we're talking about love is the answer. In other words, a lot of people are asking for help, and their help is coming forth in the answer of this series. Grow in love. And the help you've been praying for will find a way into your life. The clogs will be purged. The hurdles will be moved out of the way. The blessings will show up if we just grow in God's awareness of God's love for us and grow in love for one another. So in Galatians 5, I wanted to go back here. In verse 6, it says, uh, Neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but what avails something? What, what gets us somewhere in life? What's profitable? What's, you know, what's, what's going to get us up and over? Faith, which works by love. So, no matter how much faith we have, if we don't have love, another scripture says you could have faith to move mountains, and if you don't have love, you're not moving anything. It says you're nothing without love. So Satan is always trying to get Christians to violate love so those Christians won't be ready for the devil's next attack. And faith not working is being not ready for an attack. So it's not just faith we need to work on. We need to work on our love walk if we want our faith to work next time a challenge comes our way. And I want to say that again. Satan is always trying to get Christians to violate love so that they won't, so their faith won't be ready for the next attack he throws their way. But what if your faith is ready? What, what if you're actually ready in faith and the devil attacks you? Well, the Bible says, take up the shield of faith and you will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You'll quench anything the devil throws. He'll throw stuff at you, but you'll quench it all if your faith is working like it's supposed to be working. And how does faith work? By love. So a lot of times we think, well, I need, a, I need stronger faith. I need stronger faith. Awesome. We should all be getting stronger in faith. But is that everything you need to overcome in the evil day? No. Faith works by love. Paul said you could have faith to move mountains, but if you don't have love, you're nothing. So we need to be talking about this because I don't think the devil's done attacking God's people. (laughs) I don't think he's done trying to bring his craziness into our world. 
So last I checked, he's still doing some stuff. And that's really not the big issue if we're ready. The big issue is not being ready for the storms of life. Most people think the big issue is the storms of life. But it can't be. Because same storm came to two people. One fell, one didn't fall. Because one was a hearer and a doer of the word, they stood strong. The other was just a hearer and they fell flat on their face when the storm came. So obviously, it wasn't the storm that knocked the guy down. It was not being a hearer and a doer of the word that knocked the guy down. And so in the area we're talking about, you want to make sure your faith is working. You want to make sure you're protecting your faith. You want to make sure that you're not doing things to you know, damage your faith so that when, not if, when the next storm comes, your faith works by love and you overcome. So I wanted to say this also. And these things have come out in the last few weeks. I think this is our eighth week teaching on love is the answer. And, and one of the reasons we're going over this more and more is not because I don't have anything else I think I could teach. It's because why go on if it's not working for us and why go on if it's not a part of our life yet? Why go on if it didn't get in our blood? Why go on if it went in one ear and out the other? Why go on if we forgot about what it was and, and didn't, aren't doing what it said? I, I don't know how long a series should be, but I think it needs to be as long as needed so that it's actually working in our life when the series is over. You know, if it's not working in our life, what a waste of eight weeks. But the Bible says God is love. And then God commands us to walk in love. And so I got to thinking about this, and this came out a few weeks ago in this series. Maybe God wants us to be like Him so we can have what He has. Maybe He's not just trying to boss us around with commandments. Maybe He's not just trying to say, hey, I'm God, you're my subjects, do what I say. We know that's not what He's trying to do. He simply wants us to be like Him so we can experience the same victory, the same success, right? The same glory, the same power. He's not telling us to be something He's not already. When he says, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. He's not doing that just to teach us something. He's saying, hey, I know how this works. I'm God. How would you like to get results like me? How would you like to be successful like me? Then you're going to have to you know, be like me. And then you can start having what I have. One thing about God is he's totally unselfish. He, he, you, know, you know a scripture that really blessed me when I first got saved? It's in the book of Luke. I think it's chapter 6. I'm not sure. But Luke says, Jesus said, Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Glory to God. Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the entire kingdom. Well, God is love and love doesn't seek its own. Love's not selfish. So, so, the, so if you just look at it like that, commandments are a lot easier to receive from the Lord when you realize He's just commanding us to be something that's best for us. All right? So 1 Corinthians 13, and I want to just review a couple things, then we're going to go on tonight. But in 1 Corinthians 13, 8, and you can turn there if you want. In verse 8, the very first part of verse 8 says, Charity never faileth. Now, a more modern translation says, Love never fails. Now, just that one short phrase right there should get us excited about wanting to grow in love. 
Anybody interested in never failing? <laughs> no matter what you're doing. Uh, trying to receive a healing from God. How would you like to never fail in receiving healing? How, how many like to succeed on your career? How many like to succeed financially? Anybody interested in that? Well, it's going to take more than elbow grease. It's going to take making sure what you're doing is for love and not just for personal gain only. Because anything done in love will succeed. The power of God will help you and it will come on the scene to help what you're doing to succeed if what you're doing, you're doing because you love. I, I put it like this. I, I told you, I think it was last week that I had put up a post on social media and I wanted to read that again. Oh, let's see. Where is that? You'll always succeed at what you're doing if love is the reason for what you're doing, for doing what you're doing. Let me say that again. You'll always succeed at what you're doing if love is the reason for doing what you're doing. The Bible says love never fails. Love is, should be the motive of our life. Why we go to church, why we tithe, why we, walk, why we help other people, why we're going to our job, why we're working on the job. If love is the reason, man, we're going to come up. We're not only going to see a paycheck, God's going to supernaturally see that that thing we're doing succeeds because we're doing it because we love. And that's a good enough reason right there, I think, to spend eight weeks on a series called Love is the Answer. Because who doesn't want to succeed? Who doesn't want to not fail? So if, you want, if we want to grow in never failing, <laughs> anybody want to grow in never failing? If we want to grow in never failing, then we're going to make it a life-changing priority to grow in love. And I said it that way because growing in love is going to take some lifestyle changes for some people. Do you need a different job? Because things aren't working out? Or do you need to walk in love more so what you're doing doesn't fail? Can I get one more? Hmm? <laughs> Please? So, let me say that again. Do you need a different job because things aren't working right? Or do you need to walk in love more so what you're doing doesn't fail? So a lot of times people think, well, I've got to work on the fruit to get more fruit. No, you've got to work on the root to get more fruit. And sometimes it's not the thing you're doing that's wrong is why things aren't working. It's the motive behind the scenes that may not be right, why what you're doing is not succeeding. We tell people all the time, you know, don't, don't just stop doing the good thing the Lord told you to do and try something else, see if that works. Check your heart. Make sure you're doing it for the right reason. Sometimes, you know, maybe there's people in the church that say, well, I've been serving in the church and the helps team and I haven't really seen much rewards from the Lord. Maybe I'll try something else. I guess the church thing doesn't work. No, no, no. Just make sure serving in the church is totally biblical. Being a volunteer in your local church is completely biblical. And if you're not seeing the rewards, don't try something new. Go a little deeper and see if, now why am I serving in the church? Am I serving in the church just because I think it's a religious duty? Am I just doing my job? Or am I actually seeing that I'm serving Jesus by serving his people? Am I doing it because I love or am I doing it because, you know, this is what Christians have to do? Well, it's probably not going to work very well if we're doing it because it's something we have to do. 
No, it needs to be a willing thing and it needs to be a love thing if you want what you're doing to produce results. So don't, don't just look at the outward changes that you think might need to happen for you to be more successful. Look at the motives that, you're, that are in you is why you're doing the things you're doing and make sure they're where they should be. No greater motive than love. Um, and, that's, and I want to talk about that too just before we go to the final thing here. Um, what... Why did I write this down here? Let me see. What are the mature ones doing? So really, we all understand that walking in love is, is a sign of spiritual maturity. Right? I mean, because it, it's not easy to walk in love. Your flesh doesn't like it. <laughs> right? Your feelings don't like it. The Bible says love suffers long. Well, nobody's flesh likes suffering. So you're going to have to grow up to walk in love. And I was thinking about how you, you can kind of tell where you're at in the maturity level when pressure comes, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? The true test of how spiritual, the true test of how mature we are doesn't happen when everything's going well. It happens when the pressure's on. And, you know, you feel things you've never felt before. You feel like saying things you've never said before. We're going to find out at that time how mature we really are. Because when you're squeezed, what's in comes out. And you're going to be very glad you've been going to church when you're squeezed. Right? So the right words come out. <laughs> Amen. Um, so I wrote this down. I said, what are the mature ones doing? What, what are these successful mature people doing? What the majority is not doing. Because the majority of people are not on top. But there's so much room on top for everybody. But the majority aren't wanting to do what the mature ones want to do. Um, I, a friend of ours, Dave Dwell, who's in heaven now, he went to heaven a few years ago. Um, he used to say these, he, he said some of these things when he was at our church teaching. He said that they did a study um, um, of a lot of wealthy people, very, very wealthy people, and they were trying to get down to the number one common denominator of why the wealthy people were so wealthy. You know, I'm sure there's three things, ten things, but they wanted to get down to the, the one thing that caused them to be very, very successful and very, very wealthy. And they came up with the conclusion after many interviews, they said wealthy people, successful people, are successful and wealthy, numero uno, number one, because of their acceptance of a willingness to bear pain. Their willingness to bear pain made them successful. In other words, you're not going to feel like doing what success requires. <laughs> you're not going to feel like working harder on yourself than you do on the job. You know, you're going you're gonna to have to turn off the TV at times when your flesh really wants to watch. You're going to have to go to bed when you feel like staying up. You're going to have to get up early. You have to do the... Five things that every successful person does before eight o'clock in the morning, you know, make up your bed, uh, pray, you know, whatever the five things are that Terry Savelle Foy shares. But the majority of people, uh, excuse me, the mature people are simply doing what the majority of the people don't want to do. And you just have to make some major commitments. So 
Um, we talked about let love work it out when, when you're in a situation and um, you feel like slapping somebody or claiming your rights or whatever. Just let love work it out and God will reward you way better than you winning a fight. Can I get an amen? So I want to talk just for a couple of minutes too about you know, th- this, this motive of love. Because when we were getting this building, actually, when, what was it, Carla, about, I don't know, we're in Tamaran there uh, in Grandview. I think, I think it was about maybe a year, or no, a few months before we actually you know, got the financing for the building and started building. It was a big project. I mean, we're just two kids, you know, from the country, kind of. And this was a big deal for us to purchase this 20 acres of land and build a 32,000 square foot building. And it seemed like the giants were all around us. There were people saying, oh, they're never going to get that church built. I mean, people that we thought loved us, you know, just criticizing it, coming down on us, telling us we're, you're terrible businessmen and you don't know what you're doing. And, and so we're, and I'm not talking like a whole bunch of people, but some. And we're thinking, and I'm kind of getting a little bit of cold feet, like, God, this is a big project. We're, we're talking $2.3 million. And I'm just kind of going, should we do it? Should we not do it? Because I started to waver, and I hate wavering, especially when I know I've heard from God. I hate wavering. And I was starting to waver a little. And the Lord helped me with this phrase. He said, because we had a project on, uh, it was like building by faith, right? Yeah. Building by faith. And we were starting to receive offerings and and that, and, and Ron, you've been with us this whole time. You've been there for the whole thing, man. Um, but the Lord gave me this phrase before we stepped out. And he said, he said, you don't need to have cold feet. I've called you to do this. That land is yours. The building will be built. And he said, just have this on your heart. Building by faith for love. And when I saw that, I thought, that's it. We have to build this building. This isn't about just flexing our faith muscles and seeing a big building go up. This is about love. More people will be in heaven when we build this building. I don't care if we have to get a loan right now. God's going to help us pay it off, and He is. And we're going to get this building built, and more people are going to be in heaven because of this. And we took our step. Boom, boom, boom. Things started falling into place, and here we are today. But when that love came on the scene, it's like it said in my spirit, this has to happen. And this is something else the Lord gave me. He said... He said, think about this. He said, faith says it can happen because all things are possible to him that believes. Faith doesn't say it will happen, but faith says it can happen. What will cause it to happen? Well, faith says we can build this building. And that's good, but it wasn't quite enough to get me where I needed to be to pursue this. He said, faith says it can happen. Love says it has to happen. When that has to came on the scene, it was like, get out of my way, devil, fear, giants. We are building this building. And we did. And when love came on the scene, it it motivated me to do what I needed to do to see to it that this, and I'm not the only one that's the reason this building. We had a whole congregation, Carla, my wife, Believe in God with me, strong. We're believing God together, and, and here we are. But when that love came on the scene, it really, really clicked in me that, okay, faith says it can happen, but it doesn't seem like it's happening. But then when love came on the scene, 
that's it, Carla. We, we believe for this, believe for that, made phone calls, got this, signed that, did this, did that, did this, and here we are. And we've had altar call after altar call after altar call after altar call in this building of people getting saved. So we're very, very thankful for that. Would you say that with me? Faith says it can happen. Love says it has to happen. So what if you had to be free? What if you had to be rich? What if you had to be healed? Now that's a very thought-provoking question because you're a child of God. And you have the faith of God. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. You have the love of God shed abroad in your heart. You have the Holy Spirit, the helper. Right? You have the name of Jesus. You've got scriptures that say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Right? You've got scriptures that say all things are possible to believers, him that believeth. Right? But what if you had to have something? You have the power to see it in your life. But what if you had to see it? We can see some amazing things. But what if you had to see those things? We can. We can see Anything the Bible says that belongs to it, we can see it in our life. Healing, deliverance, a miracle, prosperity, wisdom, strength, right? We can see everything the Lord said belongs to us show up in our lives. We can. We can. What if we had to? The, the strongest motive, the strongest reason for seeing these things show up in our life, to me, is love. If you can connect receiving your healing to love, number one, you won't fail in your quest to receive healing. But you'll, you'll see it. You'll, it'll, it'll manifest. It'll happen. Love never fails. What if your reason for wanting to prosper was strong love? Well, then you have to prosper now. And that have to is going to wake up some things on the inside of you. There's a couple things that wake up that potential. One of them is major desperation. You know what I mean? Like everything just came crashing and down. I'd rather not have to wait for major desperation before that faith wakes up. And makes happen what needs to happen. How many think it would be good to kind of get that potential on the scene on purpose instead of just something very bad happen? Now, I did a little study on this. And when we talked about this, Carla, we, we did a series years ago on strong reasons to be healed. Or strong reasons to overcome. Strong reasons that would activate our faith to where we'd see miracles in our life. Through that faith God's already given us. And I remember doing a little study on uh, accidents uh, where heavy objects like automobiles and things uh, somehow got on top of a mother's child, a car wreck and the child's pinned in or a baby un underneath and she had to get it out before it crushed any farther. I remember reading these and it's real interesting, the, the things I read that moms, uh, documented cases, moms actually just operated in some supernatural strength at times and actually lifted a car off of their child. Now, they, they couldn't do it any other time, but why'd they do it that time? 
because they had to. Now, I can see love in that, can't you? Mama loves the baby so much. It's almost like Samson, like an anointing came on Samson. He did superhuman things. I mean, with his hands, with, with, with the jawbone of the donkey and slaying 300 Philistines and the, the pillars of the temple and all. I mean, he, the gates, he runs off with these iron gates, right? I mean, it's like, that's amazing. Well, we know that there's potential inside of us that will come forth when it really needs to. What if we grew in love to such an extent that we had to see some things change supernaturally? Well, remember, faith says it can happen. Love says it has to happen. I know this kind of goes along with that phrase. I think we even shared this phrase on Sunday morning. We live at the level we're willing to put up with. Being fed up, being super disgusted about something may be a negative emotion, but it can produce some amazing positive results if you channel it the right direction. Um, I don't have a whole lot of time to share all this, but I have to close in a couple minutes. But Jim Rohn has some amazing stories about disgust being the turning point of certain people's lives. I remember when he was talking about a woman who came to her husband. I guess there was a kind of a not such real good communication going on or something and hadn't been for a while. And she said, came up to her husband and said, Honey, honey, can I, can I have $5? And the husband said, For what? And she said, At that moment, something clicked on the inside of her and she said, from this day forward, I will never ask again. She started studying opportunity. A door started to open for her. She became a very, very high-ranking, wealthy woman in some high-riser, I think, in New York City, some vice president, some corporation. And Jim Rohn visited her after that, you know, because she'd become super successful, made a lot of money. And she told Jim Rohn, she said, Jim, I promised myself I'd never ask again. I kept my word and I've never from that day till now ever had to ask again. She said she turned that disgust into a motivation thing. She said, that's it. I've had it. I'm not going to put up with it any longer. And she became a very wealthy businesswoman. So really, some of these things like disgust and, you know, they, they can be a very, turn out some very positive results if we aim them properly. And um, I, um, I know in my own life, I, I have seen more potential come out of me in hard times. But I like to kind of get that potential out of me on purpose. And I can't think of a stronger reason to have to have something than love. Jesus was moved with compassion and healed every sick person that day. What did compassion have to do with it? Lots. It moved him to do something, and he did it, and people got supernaturally healed because the compassion of God moved him to do it. And so I, I think sometimes we just need to work on stronger reasons to see victory in our life, a healing, our deliverance, or coming to a higher level of prosperity. Uh, maybe our faith is doing pretty good. Maybe, maybe love needs to come on the scene. And, and maybe we need to meditate on what our victory will do for our loved ones. What would our victory do for the kingdom of God? What will our victory do for the people all around me? Will lives be saved? Will people be touched? Will people be pointed to Jesus? 
I mean, we just read in Psalms recently, David said, uh, it said in Psalm 62, it says, the Lord bless us, cause your face to shine upon us. Lord bless us, Lord bless us, that your way may be known upon the earth and your saving health to all nations. See, when you want blessed, so that his saving health is known to all nations, I think it's gonna be a little quicker healing. I think you're gonna reach out and take something on a higher level in a quicker way. Lord, I, I want you to bless me. Why? Why? So that your way may be known upon the earth and your saving health to all nations. Oh, if we, it, sometimes it's just good just to meditate on what our victory is going to do for somebody else. What's it going to do for your lost loved one when they see you got the victory in a certain area? Or you come up to a certain level of prosperity? Or something happens on, you know, what's, what's, what are people going to think when they see the goodness of God show up in our lives? They're going to think, hmm... Maybe there is a God. Ha, maybe we should call it victory evangelism. Who doesn't want victory? Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.